Hi there. Welcome to Episode 9 of Cowbits, a primer playbook for entrepreneurs. Today's focus is about practical accounting and finance, where mastering the numbers game is your key to entrepreneurial success. The information I'll share is the stuff I learned on in the trenches while pursuing my entrepreneurial endeavors. Nothing here is intended to diminish the importance or need to include resources in or out of your company that ensure a strong and accurate information flow related to finance, accounting, credit, and taxes. I learned one of the most valuable lessons in accounting from my father, self-made entrepreneur with only an eighth grade education. When I asked him about our financial status, he never pulled out complicated financial statements. Instead, he took me outside to our lumberyard and pointed to the inventory and our two delivery trucks and stated, we started with nothing. Now we own everything you could see, free and clear. As long as the cash in exceeds the cash out, we're doing okay. It was a basic but essential lesson. Managing finances is about ensuring you have more money coming in than going out. My father's simple but accurate lens focused on and defined what counts and led me to impose some simple litmus tests that identified what mattered. For me and my team, one fundamental rule was always to measure the performance of what counts. Not everything that can be counted is of value. Not everything of value can be counted. As Einstein wisely noted, balancing the little things with the big picture is critical. It was clear that pennies matter, but dollars are what were really important. Finding the delicate balance between the big and little things is crucial. A couple of examples hopefully help make the point. As our business Andy Andy grew from the late 70s into the early 90s, I conducted leadership meetings on a weekly or bi-weekly basis at our headquarter office in my conference room. I asked the 10 executives who would gather one day, who buys the coffee for our headquarters facility? A raised hand went up and answered, his executive assistant. At that time, we had approximately 225 team members located at this headquarters facility. I called my assistant into the room and asked her to call our coffee vendor. Explain your calling at the direction of the chairman. He would like to know what the current pricing for our coffee service is and how it's determined. Our meeting proceeded until my assistant returned with an answer. I asked her to please tell out loud to the group what the vendor's response was. She stated, the vendor stated, he did not realize the size of our volume and account that they had. He said that they had charged us a little over $25,000 over the past 12 months, and he would immediately issue a $10,000 credit. And further, the new pricing would apply to all future orders. I then stated the obvious. A strong negotiation probably could result in even more savings. Little things can mean a lot. Given the purchasing responsibility to an assistant with no oversight supervision was totally our fault and totally unacceptable. A different story demonstrates how attention to detail in operations affects the customer's experience and the bottom line results. A New York-based retailer hired a professional shopping service to survey their stores. A shopper with a checklist that covered everything from inventory, cleanliness, signage, in-store pricing, etc., etc., purchased five items as part of his assignment of 20 different items to check. Everything on the checklist was a perfect 10. 
Checking out at the register, however, he encountered a young lady on the telephone with a magazine in her lap. Finally getting her attention, she rang up the five items and went back to reading her magazine and talking on the phone. The dismayed shopper said to her, you could at least thank me for shopping with us today, maybe. Her answer was, sir, that's printed on the bottom of your receipt. Her response was so absurd, you can't even make the stuff up. Though eight or 10 people did exactly what was needed for the customers to enjoy and appreciate the shopping experience, the last encounter with a cashier is what many customers would remember and not return. The two most impactful images for retailers are when the customer enters and more importantly, when they leave. Little things mean a lot. Understanding large numbers of any kind is difficult for many people to grasp. The larger the numbers, the harder it is for individuals to relate their performance with their ability to impact results that relate to these very large numbers. One way I was able to, in fact, demonstrate how big results could be achieved was by showing how smaller numbers could make it happen. My method was to break large number goals down into goals that were simpler and smaller to relate to, which I called the power of one. A few power of one examples for improving our store results follow. Our average item sold for $8. Our stores averaged 7,500 customers per week. They purchased an average of five items per transaction. If the average price per item increased by $1, the result would be an increase of $37,500 of revenue per week for each store. That increase on an annual basis would be almost $2 million for each store, which by the way at our peak was 72 stores. Adding one more item to the shopper's basket from five items to six at the then current $8 average price would translate to an additional $60,000 per week per store. This would amount to an annual increase of $3 million per store. Adding 1% or more for gross margin by product mix or pricing changes could, over a period of a year, generate an additional $100,000 per store. Putting big numbers out is a challenge in many cases that could be overwhelming to those charged with achieving the goals. Broken down into small, realistic steps makes the possibilities of reaching those large numbers seem like a walk in the park. Nothing affects good business and its financial results more than customers. Winning and keeping customers is very difficult. Losing them is very easy. One of the best ways to gain a customer's loyalty is satisfying their complaints. Taking care of a customer and satisfying their problems makes them a happy camper and results in their being your cheerleader with friends and family. The biggest problem is the complainer who walks out saying nothing, giving you no chance to fix the problem. They proceed to tell the whole world how terrible the shopping experience was and how they were treated. The customer is lost as well as all of the friends and neighbors that they proceed to tell. Numbers tell a story. Communication and coaching is necessary to make sure those responsible for meeting the objective of plan understand the consequences of their efforts on the results. I learned that an early age is not always apparent. What appears to be good, in some cases, may actually prove to be bad. Newly married, my wife and I went on a vacation to Puerto Rico. I met the owner of a publicly traded commercial flooring business that at the time, 1965, the company was doing over $400 million in sale. 
During a stroll together with the owner down the beach, he proudly announced what his credit managers shared with him, that the bad debts for the past year had been two-tenths of 1% versus a reserve of over 3%. He proceeded to tell me upon learning the news he fired the credit manager. The owner's reasoning was that the extremely tight credit conditions and standards that this manager had imposed possibly cost the company somewhere between 50 to $100 million in lost revenue. The bad debts, which the past 10 years hovered at 3%, would have cost $1.5 to $3 million in losses. The profit, however, from the potential lost sales after deducting the bad debts would have been in the range of 8.5 to $17 million. The moral of the story was simple. What the credit manager was bragging about was actually a strategic disaster. The budget process is a nuanced collection of hopes and aspirations based on knowns and unknowns. The strategic decisions reflected in the plan need to be evaluated as time passes and market conditions change. A cushion or reserve should always be included as a catch-all for the things that do not meet the objectives. My Belgian partners taught me the term PNRO, Provision for Non-Realization of Objectives. Profit loss statements may have, depending on the company or the enterprise, 20 or more than 40 line items having every item meet the stated number or goal is highly unlikely. Inserting a reserve each year, in our case of 3%, but it could be anywhere from 2 to 5%, is a way of covering any hole left from one or more of the line items missing their plan and still meeting your objectives. I worked hard with my team to develop our three budgets, which we labeled PRO. Plan one was pessimistic. This was a plan we had for the banks, which was in our case the worst case, which we would never really accept as being one that worked for us, but it was one that satisfied the, the demands of the banks. Our second plan, R, was realistic. This was an acceptable case, the normal and acceptable results for growth and profits while exceeding the expectations of our banks. The third plan, the optimistic or stretch case, was the one that we really worked against when we judged our numbers. The results we strived for achieving were at this level. If we were successful at this level, it meant happy days for everyone. Our customers, our vendors, our bankers, our team members, and of course our shareholders. This was the budget we focused on with all our management and team every day. Every year, 100 or more transactions take place through mergers and acquisitions. The buyers always see opportunities to improve the target company's performance. Fresh eyes can be objective. They're not too close to the forest, which allows them to see the trees. I urge all of you as an annual review ex exercise, before putting a plan together for your next year, buy your own company. What would you change if you were the new buyer? Improve or eliminate if you were purchasing the company. The focus should not only be on the numbers. Marketing, merchandise, operation, real estate, and more are all categories that may offer performance gold through change. If others can always see opportunities to improve, why not you? Today's information stories are intended to give you some different perspectives for how to think about the numbers in your P&Ls, balance sheets, and cash flow statements. 
Your budgets, your strategy, and your vision should not be static. Rather, they should be flexible and able to adjust to whatever conditions may prevail from time to time. As Martin Hall, a well-known golf instructor, says, if you keep doing what you're doing, you'll keep getting what you're getting. My advice is do more of what's working, eliminate and change what's not working. Staying put is not an option. Go up the ladder of progress or get knocked off the rung you're on. All successful enterprises share strategies that will allow their number game to reflect winning results. Thanks for listening. Your comments and questions are always welcome. And until next time, this is the cow. God.